What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray, and welcome to the Thursday, September 9, 2021 edition of the Patriots News Desk, brought to you by Dear Pats Nation, broadcasted live on ColorCast. Don't forget that you can catch this live show Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the ColorCast app. Look, if you're new to the Patriots News Desk, it's brought to you by Dear Pats Nation, where we cover the New England Patriots in many different ways. You can catch us on YouTube for the fan-driven DPN live show, where our audience has control of the content. We make video reports on Newsbreak, where you can get quick breakdowns of all the Patriots' latest news. We have a Patreon page, where you get exclusive content and live shows. And of course, I'm here on ColorCast during the Patriots News Desk, and I'm also the Patriots super fan doing play-by-play for Patriots games this season right up until i call the patriots winning super bowl 56 so make sure that you tune into my alternative commentary here on color cast the two topics that we're going to be deep diving today is how much confidence should the patriots have in their secondary when stefan gilmore is out for six weeks and who will be the patriots x factor for the 2021 season and here's a clue it won't be mac jones but look deep dives are great and most of the time they bring the entertainment value however there are other stories and opinions out there that we should be paying attention to and here are five stories and opinions that pats nation should keep an eye on Number one is titled, Two Veterans Miss Patriots Practice on Thursday. It's written by Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Here's some of what that article said. Two of the Patriots' top off-season acquisitions didn't take part in practice just days before the first game of the year. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar and defensive back Jalen Mills were both listed as did not participate on the Thursday injury report, and it's still too early to rule either player out for Sunday's opener against the Miami Dolphins, especially since both participated on Wednesday. The first game statuses of the week will be included in Friday's injury report. In addition to Aguilar and Mills, tackle Yadne Kayuste hamstring was listed as limited for the second straight day, and rookie linebacker Ronnie Perkins' shoulder was also listed as limited after not appearing on the report on Wednesday. Meanwhile, in Miami, seven players listed, wide receiver Preston Williams' foot and tackle Liam Eichenberg with a thigh are both listed as limited, while five players, including starting receiver Devontae Parker's shoulder and linebacker Alandon Roberts' knees, are categorized as full participants. The second headline we're looking at is called Three Things to Watch For in Week 1 Action Against Miami, and this was written by Owen Christofoli of Chowder and Champions. It goes like this. The Patriots running backs certainly caught everyone's eye during the preseason. They seemingly have four capable backs in Damian Harris, James White, J.J. Taylor, and Ramondre Stevenson. Facing a stiff Dolphins defense that ranked as the sixth best unit last season, the running backs will have to establish themselves early and often in this one if they want to come out with a win. While many people will be curious how Jones does in his first start, the main battle will be on the other side of the ball in this one. The Patriots are rolling into the season with a new-look defense, while the Dolphins worked at adding some weapons for their offense to help out Tagovailoa. It will be interesting to see which unit prevails in what should be a very entertaining matchup. Now, while the running game will be heavily relied upon in this one, it's clear the passing game will have to deliver when they are called upon to do so in this one if they're going to win. There are going to be crucial third and five situations where it will need to be up to Mac Jones to survey the coverage in front of him and make the right throw. And this will be the most important factor in determining which 
team wins. Here's a third headline that says how Matt Judon has already become the tone setter for the New England Patriots defense. And that was written by Chris Mason of Mass Live. And it goes like this. Since arriving in New England, Matt Judon has remained unapologetically Matt Judon. Though Judon's only been in Foxborough for a few months, defensive captain Dante Hightower says there's no doubt about who is setting the tone on their side of the ball. Quote, Judy's a character man, Hightower says. He definitely sets the mood for the defense as far as the music in the locker room. He works hard and he has fun doing it. I think overall, that's the one thing that the guy really is respect and appreciate about Judon. Judon signed a four-year, $56 million contract to come to New England. But it has seemed, but he has seemed unfazed by this, with the exceptions that come with such a big contract. The veteran played with Lawrence Guy and Carl Davis in Baltimore. He said upon arriving, some Patriots players approached his former teammate with a question: "Has Judon changed since he got his money?" And it's always no. It's always no. Judon said. The fourth one is called Christian Foria lays into Shannon Sharp for ridiculous Cam Newton take. This was written by Rob Bradford of WEEI. Here's how this article goes. Shannon Sharp certainly separated himself when offering his opinion on why Cam Newton is no longer with the Patriots. One of the things said by the former tight end on FS1's Undisputed was, quote, Cam is an outsider, and they look down on outsiders. You will never hear a bummer take. Uh, sorry, and then it goes like this. Quote, you will never hear a dumber take, and that's coming from me, Faria said during Thursday afternoon show. Isn't every free agent technically an outsider? Isn't every guy who is on another team that has no idea what goes on with the Patriots team basically an outsider? Maybe like for the first week until he gets to know everybody's name, he gets to know where the bathrooms are, the weight rooms are, where to get something to eat on time. Maroney agreed with his co-host adding, quote, people are searching because they are all on the Cam bus because they thought it was going to be the year that Cam is the MVP and Cam is this and Cam is that. And Bill Belichick watched the two guys. He said one guy is better than the other, and he cut Cam Newton, and they are coming up with excuses. And our fifth and final headline for the first edition of the headlines here says how the Patriots and Dolphins have changed since their last meeting. This was written by Keegan Stifle of Patriots Wire. It goes like this. The big change here is obviously at quarterback, as rookie Mac Jones has taken the reins from last season's starter Cam Newton. The rest of the offense underwent a major overhaul as well. Newton's group of weapons from 2020 is now barely represented with Demir Bird in Chicago and Nikhil Harry and Dalton Keene both on the IR. They are replaced by some big money free agent signings in Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith. The offensive line also saw a major departure in Joe Tooney while seeing the return of Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown. Sony Michelle, who is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams, held down the running back room during Damian Harris's absence towards the end of the season as well. Tua Tango Viola will remain as the starting quarterback for Miami, while the majority of the offense around him will have changed. The Dolphins made presumed upgrades at just about every offensive position in an effort to help their young quarterback. It's likely that Tango Viola, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis, Solomon Kinley, and Michael Dieter are the only returning starters from last year's drubbing of the Patriots. Guys, don't forget when the show's done to go read those full articles and from their respective websites. I'm not sharing the entire thing with you, and all of the pieces are full of way more information that you'll want to know. 
All right, guys, that wraps up the headlines for right now. And I'm just about to go into our first deep dive. But because there's always so much New England Patriots news, make sure that you stay up to date with all of our content because we want you to make sure that you don't miss anything. And if you're looking for a place to get more free Dear Pats Nation content, make sure that you head on over to Newsbreak. Almost every single day, I post a minimum of two videos breaking down the latest New England Patriots news. So stay up to date with all the newest Dear Pats Nation content by going to www.newsbreak.com slash Dear Pats Nation. You can also find the link to our Newsbreak page in our profile here on ColorCast using the website link. Newsbreak is a direct supporter of Dear Pats Nation, and every time you visit our page or download the link, it directly supports Dear Pats Nation. All right, and with the headlines and my first sponsor plug done, it's time to get into our first deep dive of the night, and we're covering how the Patriots feel good with what they have without Stephon Gilmore. Now, there were a lot of storylines to follow throughout Patriots training camp. Obviously, the battle between Cam Newton and Mac Jones was the forefront of everybody's mind. Patriot fans were also locked into the wide receiving core, the tight ends, and the running back battle. Throughout the preseason, the Patriots defense looked locked in, but there was one important piece missing, and that was Stephon Gilmore. And with so many moving parts, Gilmore's injury and contract dispute kind of got put on the back burner of everybody's mind. But now that the 53-man roster is set, and we all know that the Patriots are going to look like it may be time to start focusing on the first six weeks of the season that won't include Gilmore. The good news is captain Devin McCourty says that the Patriots Patriots like what they have even without Gilmore. So for today's deep dive, we're looking at an article written by Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk called Devin McCourty, We Feel Good About What We Have Without Stephon Gilmore. And let's start going through the article. So the article starts like this. For much of the offseason, there was thought that the Patriots could trade cornerback Stephon Gilmore, and as he was looking for a contract adjustment that the team hasn't been willing to give him. Gilmore has never was never dealt, but he won't be in the lineup against the Dolphins week one. He also won't be there the next five weeks as the Patriots put Gilmore on the physically unable to perform list due to a quad issue, with which leaves the Patriots without one of their top five defensive players. Um, I want to stop the article right there for a second. The Gilmore trade talk started last season, and I think a lot of us uh, there thought there was a good possibility that Gilmore was going to be traded by the October trade deadline. Uh, and then October came and went, and Gilmore was still a Patriot. Then we sort of switched gears to like, okay, they'll probably trade him at the draft, and then they didn't. Uh, then we were all convinced that Gilmore was going to be gone before the 53-man roster had to be submitted, and he's still a Patriot. Uh, We heard a lot of different things about Gilmore's contract, but ultimately we all thought the contract may just actually get done. Uh, From what we've been led to believe, both the Patriots and Gilmore wanted him to stay in New England. So it's a very real possibility that this could all be about his injury. But I'm going to throw out just one conspiracy theory. What if the Patriots put him on the the six-week pup with the intentions of trading him when he comes off? Like, let's not forget that Gilmore's value is much lower when injured than when healthy. So could we really put it past Belichick to manipulate the roster and just wait for that perfect moment to trade Gilmore? Or does Belichick want to wait and see how Gilmore performs and then make a decision of whether or not to move on from him? Again, this is just a conspiracy theory that I came up with, but it does sound like a really Belichick thing to do, right? Look, the Patriots will have a gauntlet of good teams that they have to face uh, the first six weeks of the season without Gilmore. 
This Sunday, they take on two on the Dolphins. Week three, they have to face the Saints. Uh, though Jameis Winston's a question mark, he's still capable of putting up some big numbers. Week four, the Patriots welcome Tom Brady back to Gillette Stadium, and you know that Brady's just going to want to come out firing. And then week six, the Patriots have to face a healthy Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And these are four games that you'd probably want your number one cornerback. That all being said, Pro Football Talk's Josh Alper wrote that Devin McCourty feels pretty good about what the Patriots will have on the field in Gilmore's absence. And here's what he wrote. He said, safety Devin McCourty is just another one of the unit's leaders, said that the team is comfortable with J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Jalen Mills, Juwan Williams, and Sean Wade manning the spot. Quote, when Steph's ready and he's healthy, he'll be back out there, McCourty said via Karen Garrigan of the Boston Herald. And when that time comes, we'll figure it out. For right now, we've been going with the guys who have been on the field since training camp started. Uh, we've been doing what we've been doing, and I think we'll continue to do that. For right now, uh, what we got out there, we got to feel good about it, and we just got to go play for it, end quote. Now, look, Devin McCourty has been around the Patriots organization for a long time. Uh, he was just honored on Wednesday as being voted a team captain for the 11th straight season. So he's very familiar with the Patriots philosophy. And if you're really trying to decipher what McCourty's response is, it can be summed up in three words. Next man up. Uh, that was the most important parts of the article. However, let's finish up the rest uh, and see what Alpha wrote. He said, the, quarter comp, the quarterback competition and need for better play at the position drew a lot of attention in New England this offseason, but defensive improvement was a must after last season, and the cornerback group play was essential to the Patriots getting what they needed on the front. Uh, I can't disagree with Alper. As good as the front seven is going to be, the Patriots need their cornerbacks to step up and make plays. Uh, but it's good to hear that Devin McCourty has so much faith in the other guys on the field. Let me know in the comments section, how do you feel going into the first six games of the season without Stephon Gilmore? And how much confidence do you have in the secondary that they're going to get the job done without Gilmore? And with that being said, it's time to hear from Pat's Nation. But first, let me take 30 seconds and tell you why you should join the Dear Pat's Nation Loyalty Club on Patreon. For only $5 a month, we guarantee you four exclusive videos per week discussing all the latest New England Patriots news and answer all of your comments and questions. Every second Friday, we host a live hangout exclusive for Patreon members where you have the option to join us on the screen or watch the hangout and participate in the chat box. We also send our daily topics for the Dear Pat's Nation live stream to the page and the Patriots News us to you to leave your comments and questions where they're guaranteed to be answered so come join the loyalty club on patreon at www.patreon.com slash dpn sports you can also find the link here on our profile in on ColorCast. it's now time for pats nation as to say you've heard my opinion on the subject it's now time to hear the opinion of the dear pats nation loyalty club and we got six different responses from the Loyalty Club today, so we'll go through them. The first one comes from Thomas, who comments on everything, and we appreciate that. Thomas says, I'm full of confidence. The closer it gets to game one, I'm excited. If Devin McCourty is confident, why should we doubt it? He's a vet and knows, this, knows his guys. We're better with Gilmore for sure, but it will work out. After last season in an empty stadiums, it's just so good going back to normal. I'm happy we had the best offseason. Now is the time to prove it was worth the money. Our defense is elite, and the defense is a threat for everyone. After the first game, we will know if Mac is doing in the tight ends. If if we will know how Mac is doing and the tight ends. For now, I just think the sky is the limit. A lot of optimism coming from Thomas, and you got to appreciate that optimism. And you're right. Who are we to question Devin? 
McCordy, right? Guy's been around a long time. Of course, he's going to say the good things. He's not going to come out and say, hey, you know, we're screwed without Gilmore. But I think sometimes, too, though, we're always trying to look for more. You know, like we're always trying to like, well, what did he what did he mean by this? What did he mean by that? Maybe sometimes they didn't mean anything. Maybe sometimes they're just like, hey, I'm confident in this team. Uh, Bruce says, I'm so happy for some real football. We can postulate all we want about how this version of the Patriots would line up with the rest of the NFL. I'm just happy that there's a consistent thinking process when it comes to Belichick scouting and the way that he's building the team hasn't changed since 1991. All the primary traits he looked at for the quarterback haven't changed much, it seems. Yeah, you know what? It's true, right? And I love it too. Like, it's football season. We've just had so much speculation. We're now what? It's now Thursday, we're three days away, three days away from Patriots football. I mean, right now it's 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. We're like an hour and a half away from the NFL season starting. So that's that's the position that we're in right now. And we can't complain about that. Mike N said, as I kind of alluded to in my Miami versus Patriots post the other night, I'm not very confident in our secondary other than J.C. Jackson. A combination of Jawan Williams, Sean Wade, and Jalen Mills isn't exactly reassuring. Williams is still a fairly unproven commodity. Wade is new, and Mills as an outside corner is concerning. In the first six weeks, the Patriots play three teams, in my opinion, that could absolutely torch our secondary without Gilmore. The Bucks, no need to explain here. This could... This could have happened with Gilmore on the field anyways with so many weapons. The Cowboys, again, so many weapons, they could just overload our secondary. The final team that worries me is the Saints. With Winston, the team does have the ability to push the ball down the field, but they may not have the receivers. I'm putting the Patriots at three out of six winning against Dolphins, Texans, and Jets, losing against the Cowboys, Saints, and Bucks. I think the Patriots traditionally start slow. The combination of a rookie quarterback, questionable secondary, and some hiccups with all the new offensive starters will lead to a loss or to the fans aren't expecting. Although, let me be clear, I have faith in this team as a whole to come together, develop, and get better as the season goes along. Uh, Mike, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think you're a little bit of a pessimist. I think that you were, I, I don't know if you're one of those guys who were just massively disappointed last year and didn't see the seven and nine season coming uh, like Connor was, but I don't think you're giving the front seven enough credit for what they're going to help in the passing game. I don't see this Patriots team getting torched by all three of those teams. Again, I think that to be better with Gilmore. However, you get Brady off his game, you get Dak off his game. You get Winston off his game. I mean, last night we had Mara from Hashtag Sports, and I think he basically came out and said, like, I mean, you're almost good for three picks in that game. So, look, I get it, and you you could be absolutely right. Like, trying to stay balanced. I know you're trying to stay, you, you know, somewhat in the middle, and you don't want to get too high, too low. That's fine. I'm kind of staying the same way. Everybody knows I have this team winning, like, nine games this season. But I have a, probably have a little bit more confidence than you do right now in that secondary. Matt Coward says, I think that J.C. Jackson could have a breakout year. Also, Jalen Mills might be the number two that we are looking for right now with the rest of the cornerbacks and safeties, Jones, Williams, McCourty, Phillips, and Duggar. We have a well-rounded unit. I do know it could be better, uh, but I think BB wants to see if they can handle it and rise to the occasion after week six. We'll find out. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, too, we talk about the cornerbacks a lot. We're not taking the safeties into consideration. Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips are serious safeties. You know, you've got uh, Kyle Duggar playing that strong safety position. So I, the safe, the, the safeties are going to help too. I think you might see a lot of uh, Patriots like man to man. You might see some more double coverage to kind of help some of the weaker receivers or sort of high, you know, single high safety, high, low safety, a lot of different things they could do. 
Alex says, I'm nervous about not having Gilmore, but confidence that JC and the rest of the secondary can be good for six weeks while Gilmore is out. Absolutely. And I'm going to go back to Mike's comment. I'm going back to everybody's comment, really. Like, you know, if this team was 100%, if this team was 100% reliant on Stephon Gilmore, then Belichick has failed building this team. I'm going to put that straight out. Because the only position that you should be 100% reliant on is your quarterback. And if they are that reliant to one player in their secondary, then this team wasn't made for the playoffs anyways. Ross says, not having Gilmore, a previous defensive player of the year on the field sucks, but next man up. We have a deep offensive core, defensive core, and I'm excited to see a new face that moves up to the next level. Also, our pass rush is more improved compared to the previous year, which will take the heat off the secondary. Let's go, boys. It's Patriots football time, and I can't agree with you more, Ross. It is Patriots football time. For those of you who can hear the dog barking, that's my dog going bananas. I guess you didn't know that I had a live show right now. Guys, if you enjoy the Patriots news desk and are looking for more Patriots content in a contact content in a more relaxed atmosphere, check out the Dear Pats Nation live show on YouTube, where my boy Connor and I talk about the Patriots and get into whatever kind of shenanigans our viewers get us into. It's a 100% fan-driven show. You ask the questions, you make the comments, and Connor and I take care of the fun. So come check out the Dear Pats Nation live show every Sunday through Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find the link to our channel in our profile here on ColorCast. And guys, it's always great to hear from Pats Nation. And if you want to leave your comment for the Patriots News Desk, make sure that you sign up for the Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club on Patreon. So we do have one more deep dive before our night is over. But first, I think we need to look at five more stories and opinion that should pique the interest of Pats Nation. The first one is called Cam Newton Further Teases Patriots Release Explanation in New Video. This was written by Dakota Randall of Ness and says, and here's what some of the article said. He said, Cam Newton is clearly itching to talk about his release from the New England Patriots. In a video shared Thursday by his production company, Newton's intensity became more clear. Quote, remove all doubt. There's not 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton, the caption reads. On this week's Funky Friday, Cam Newton and father talk about Cam's release. The second headline is Patriots quarterback Mac Jones has the NFL's second best-selling jersey heading into the 2021 season, written by Nick O'Malley of Mass Live. Here's what some of that article goes on to say. On Thursday, official jersey provider Fanatics released an updated record of the NFL's top-selling jersey since August 1st, with Mac Jones coming in second, beating out A-list stars like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Jones has been the subject of plenty of buzz since the Patriots took him to the with the number 15 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. However, his jersey was only available as of recently as last month because for the first few months of Jones' tenure, he wore a number 50 practice jersey, continuing the Patriots' tradition of handing out arbitrary numbers to rookies in the 50s and 60s until the preseason game. It wasn't until the day the Patriots' preseason opener on August 12th that it was confirmed that Jones would in fact get the number 10 jersey he wore in college. Apparently, Patriot fans have been making up for lost time in jersey sales. The third the third headline says vaccination not required for Patriot fans attending Sunday's home opener. And of course, it wouldn't be an episode of the Patriots news desk if we didn't cover a story written by the Boston Herald's Andrew Callahan. Here's how some of that article went. In a team release Thursday morning, the Patriots reminded fans attending Sunday's home opener that vaccination against COVID-19 is not required for entry. 
Additionally, tickets for Gillette Stadium's events, including Sunday's game, are now only accessible via mobile devices. Fans can download their tickets through the Gillette Stadium app. Instructions on how to access, transfer, and scan mobile tickets can be found on the stadium's website. Cash will not be accepted at the Patriots' home game this year. All forms of payment must be electronic, including swiping of debit or credit cards and scanning mobile devices. And the fourth headline says, Twins Devin and Jason McCourty will face each other on Sunday. The winner? Their mom. And this was written by Tara Sullivan of the Boston Globe. Here's how some of that article went. Devin and Jason McCourty certainly made the most out of their stint together for their first, their first since they have been teammates at Rutgers. They won the Super Bowl in their first season, sharing the same professional secondary, lost the wild card game to the Titans in their second season, and survived the pandemic altered franchise changing losing season in their third. But while Devin, the career Patriot, who was the team's first round pick in 2010, remains in New England, Jason's decision to sign with Miami as a free agent puts them on opposite sidelines once again. Miami on one side, Patriots on the other, right down the middle, Harold McCourty said over the phone on Thursday. They all know nobody's coming in. They all, quote, they all know nobody's coming to my house in Dolphins gear, Devin said. Jason told reporters in Miami how he expects plenty of trash talk on the field, saying this of Devin, quote, he has some arrogance just from his years of a lot of winning that he's developed at. Uh, it's a lot of fun on Sunday. For Mama McCourty, more travel awaits. Back to the old days of choosing which son to watch on given on any given Sunday and back to sewing table to get more game day wardrobe ready. And the fifth and final headline of this Thursday edition of the Patriots News Desk here on ColorCast is Mac Jones. Brady definitely did a good job with the Patriots. And it was written by Michael McClamett of the sport of the score. And then here's what the article says. It says, Mac Jones hopes to be the next great quarterback for the New England Patriots, and he knows that Tom Brady casts a long shadow. Jones provided perhaps the understatement of the century when summarizing Brady's run with the Patriots, which included six Super Bowl titles and three league MVPs. Quote, he definitely did a good job. When I first got here watching the tape, I've watched all the quarterbacks. Obviously, he was on there, and he did a really, really good job, Jones said. And quote, hopefully I can do a good job, too. Guys, don't forget when this show's done, go read the full articles on their respective websites. I'm not sharing the entire thing with you, and all the pieces are full of way more information that you'd want to know. And as we're rapidly getting to the end of tonight's show, and it's time to look at our second and final deep dive of the night. And the New England Patriots are going to look completely different in 2021 than they did during the 2020 season. Bill Belichick spent the offseason overhauling the offense and the defense. During free agency, Belichick added tight ends Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, wide receivers Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Belichick boosted the offensive line by trading for Trent Brown, bringing him back to New England. Belichick stacked up the Patriots' defense by signing Matthew Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Jalen Mills, Davin Gotcha, and Henry Anderson. The biggest move Belichick made was drafting Mac Jones and eventually naming him the Patriots starter over Cam Newton. However, none of those guys will be the Patriots X factor in the 2021 season. That's because the best thing to happen to the Patriots offense this offseason was the return of Dante Hightower after he elected to opt out of the 2020 season. Now, I didn't even need to do an article deep dive to know that Hightower was going to be the ultimate X factor this season. The Patriots just weren't the same and aren't the same when he isn't in the lineup, and I have full confidence that he's going to bring the boom this season. That being said, the second article that we're deep diving today comes from Cooper Carlson of Clutch Points titled The X Factor in the 2021 Season, and it's not Mac Jones. It goes like this. 
The New England Patriots are still recovering from Tom Brady's departure, and rookie Mac Jones seems to be a viable replacement after beating out Cam Newton for the starting job. While he was never really played a real NFL game before, he at least looks the part so far. With Brady gone and winning Super Bowls elsewhere, the Patriots and Bill Belichick should be looking to get back into being the defensive juggernaut from a few seasons ago. The offense should be aiming to just be around the league average as they continue to build the group through the draft and free agency. Right now, it's Mac Jones leading Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar in the new tight end duo of Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Damian Harris and James White look to be the returning of the two feature backs. And the offensive line is one of the best in the league, which should help bring this group to being right in the middle. So I need to stop the article there for just a second and address how much football has changed. So here we are doing a deep dive on an article that's going to highlight why one of the Patriots linebackers is going to be the X factor of the entire Patriots team this year. In the first three paragraphs, talked about Tom Brady leaving the team, Mac Jones beating out Cam Newton, the weapons that he has, and with just one mention of the Patriots defense. And I get what Cooper's doing. He's setting up the audience. I do the same thing when I'm script writing, but we're trying to set the hook so you won't go away and you want to hang around and you need to hear what we have to, what we're about to drop, whatever. However, this article is really showing us how much the offense drives NFL fans. Like, you'd think when reading an article about a defensive player, the main focus of the first three paragraphs would be about the off, about the defense, right? But that's what drives NFL audiences. And I also need to say, like, it may sound like I'm being critical, but I'm, I'm really not. I'm just, I'm a bit of a nerd. And I actually do find this interesting. It's like a case study to me. Uh, I wonder how much, you know, the analytics would change if the article was just clearly laid out about the defense. Uh, look. It's early, but I'm going to ask. Let me know in the comments, how much impact does the offense have on your fandom? Uh, and if NFL games were all low-scoring defensive affairs, would you have less interest in watching? I really kind of want to know. Anyways, let's get back to the article. If the Patriots want to get back to being the Patriots everyone was afraid of, the defense has to step up big time. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction, but we'll carry on. Patriots X-Factor, Dante Hightower. Typically, this role would go to Stephon Gilmore, but he's set to miss the first six weeks of the season because of an injury he suffered last season. Hightower takes over as sort of a new addition and someone who will need to lead this defense. 2020 saw many players opt out with Hightower being one of them. The Patriots have to be looking forward to his return as he positively affects every single aspect of the defense. He was a pro bowler back in 2019, racking up 5.5 sacks and a combined 71 tackles. And I'm going to stop there. Uh, even if Stephon Gilmore was healthy and playing this season, Hightower could still have been the Patriots X factor in 2021. Uh, if you're not comfortable letting Hightower stand alone, then perhaps you could have said they were joint X factors. Like trying to debate this, though, just starts turning into some ridiculous debate because both players have made huge impacts on the Patriots over the years. Uh, both have iconic plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, and after Gilmore went down with an injury last season, the defense was forced to play without both of them, and it became obvious the impact that both men made on the, on the Patriots. Let's carry on with the article. The rest of the defense will have players like Devin McCourty, Lawrence Guy, and J.C. Jackson. Both McCourty and Jackson will be able to step up quite a bit with the Gilmore out for the first six games, and Guy will be holding down the defensive line. All of these players will have an increased role in getting the defense to an elite level, but perhaps none as big a role as Hightower. Like, I feel like Cooper misnaming Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, and Christian Barmore. Like, maybe I'm nitpicking, but why mention Lawrence Guy and not the others? Anyways, back to the article. Hightower will be leading a group that needs to be league average or above the Patriots 
league average or above for the Patriots to have a chance to make the playoffs again. Doing that is so much easier and probably guaranteed if Gilmore is ready to go, but the Patriots have to adapt immediately with him. Like on paper, the Patriots front seven has like one probably could be one of the best in the NFL. And it's expected that the Patriots run defense and pass rush are going to be significantly improved this year. That should take some pressure off of the secondary if the pass rush can get home and force a few throwaways or sack the quarterback. Uh, Though that's a collective effort, Hightower will have a huge impact uh, on that part of the game. All right, let's, let's just finish up this article. Since being drafted in the first round of the 2012 draft, Hightower has constantly been right in the middle of New England's dynasty on defense. It's still his time to be the main guy and be the leader Bill Belichick will be looking for. After opting out last season, it's likely that Hightower will only be more hungry and more ready to go for a crucial 2021 season in New England. The team as a whole is intriguing with a young offense on one side and a defense led largely by veterans. Mac Jones, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, and others on the offense are being trusted to bring a new offense in New England. And that's a tall task with Tom Brady gone. The defense being asked to do the same, at least for the start of the season, because Stephon Gilmore is not with them. Brady is obviously the better player, but the Patriots offense scheme allows Mac Jones to hopefully be a viable replacement. Can the Patriots replace Gilmore with someone on the roster is the question that will be answered as soon as week one against the Miami Dolphins. Hightower cannot replace a corner like Gilmore, but he can aid the young guys in the leader of this defensive needs. I got to just lay out there, okay, that in like a eight or nine paragraph article dedicated to Stefan Gilmore. He was really involved in one paragraph. I just gotta, I maybe shouldn't have picked this article. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I think I made a mistake picking this article. I, I briefly scanned it. I don't like to read the whole thing while I'm preparing for the show because I want to be kind of as surprised as you guys. And I, I think I blew it on this one. I, I don't believe that it, any, yeah. anyways, uh, there seems to be a lot of emphasis on Stephon Gilmore missing the first six weeks of the season. Look, we can't downplay the significance of not having a former defensive player of the year on the field. However, New England has a lot of pieces that can make up for Gilmore's absence. If the defense were to perform as expected, by the time Gilmore is ready to return from injury, New England could be seen as having one of the best defenses in the NFL. I want to know what you think. How significant is Gilmore's loss going to be for New England this season? Do you agree that Dante Hightower will be the X factor for the Patriots? And that just about wraps up the Patriots news desk here live on ColorCast. Make sure that you tune in live Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you came late or you just want the opportunity to hear it again, it will be available on our YouTube channel at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or available for download tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on where whatever podcast network you use. Just simply search Dear Pats Nation. Don't forget to check out our Newsbreak Patreon and our YouTube channel. Don't forget to tune in this Sunday for the game while I will be providing play-by-play live here on ColorCast. If you're not listening to this on ColorCast, make sure you download the app. I've left the link in the description wherever you're listening to this, uh, this podcast. Thanks to everybody who tuned in to today's show. Until next time, take care. You're welcome. See ya. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Do, did, 
Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.